Hey, everybody, you are listening to Launch Radio with Jeff and Kira. You see, our future depends on humanity and AI living in harmony. And on this show, we are going to help you develop a better understanding of both. We are live. Hi, Kira. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty, pretty well. Episode 53. Wow. How are you? No, I'm good. I'm good. Today's been a very um, crazy day doing lots of, I feel like January is always the day to like the month to get things done. And I've made January my month to do all my doctor's appointments and like get healthy and all that stuff. So today was a lot of running around. But other than that, things are well. It's like the month starting the year, getting everything, all those New Year's resolutions that that we all have and try to accomplish that some of us get them done and some some don't. Yes, it's a January. Definitely relate to that. Things are good on my end. Just, uh, you know, I, I think it's good that we do a different type of topic today than we've been doing. And I love that you suggested it because I think as our viewers and listeners would know that, you know, we stay very on topic in terms of like, you know, there's been so much turmoil and so much going on in the news. It's hard to not do a whole show on, you know, the election or COVID or pick something, the riots. I mean, it's been everything, but now we can actually get back to some of the things we love to explore. And, you know, that's the AI plus humanity. And today it's more on the humanity side. So I'm actually looking forward to it today. Yeah. And we're actually now today, we've been going live on Twitter and YouTube. Today, we are now live also on Facebook. We're looking to expand that to our, we have a Jeff and Kira live page, which is currently under construction. Um, but we're going to expand onto that page. It's on my my profile now, but it's good to slowly expand to more and more of these things. Anybody who is wanting to create a podcast or has a podcast already knows this. It's a lot of stuff to put together. That's a whole other topic, but I can guarantee you it's much more extensive as far as putting everything together than people could ever imagine. So we've been living through that and it's been a lot of fun. Jeff doesn't give himself nearly enough credit. He always apologizes to me for, you know, either being late or or we have a bunch of things, you know, when, like just said, you know, running a show, there's so much you have to do. And unfortunately, a lot of it now is on Jeff's side because I'm on the East Coast and, you know, it has to do with the systems and all of that. And, but he... He always feels that his ADD gets the better of him. And I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) You're my brother from a different mother. It's all good. I'm not mad. (laughs) No, thanks. I'm hard on myself about it because it's, you know, an ongoing battle just with everything. Um, Thank you. No, I'm harder on myself than I probably should be all the time because it's not always, it's hard enough doing it, you know, without distraction and ADD and everything, but it makes it even that much more harder. So thanks. I appreciate that. But it it really brings us into into this topic of, of ADD. And a lot of people used to be called just ADD. And now I think, you know, the newer phrase is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And one thing I think to touch on first is, you know, I wrote an article on Medium a couple years ago in regards to it. And I think it's easy to, you know, pathologize really not just ADD, this happens a lot with a lot of different conditions, but it's easy to see like the negative 
you know, like, oh, something's wrong with you, you know, or something's. And they're now, at least with ADD, ADHD, moving into a new realm in the past 10 years or so, 10, 15 years of it's more of a, of a trait and a way of kind of thinking condition than it is, you know, something's wrong with you. It's so easy just in psychology to claim that someone is disabled or disordered or, or something. And we're learning there's there's more to it than that. And I can speak from my own experience. You know, this is an interesting chat today, just because I obviously have it and have had it my whole life. First of all, it's not something that just like everybody has. Like there's definitely a way of <laughs> a condition to it that's noticeable. And I, I notice it with myself and and focus or lack thereof. But I could talk about it, you know, for a long time. I mean, I wrote an article on it. I've done other people's podcasts, you know, talking that, to them and telling them about it. But ultimately, it's a it has to do with the filters of focus, specifically connected to dopamine in your brain. And that and that most people, they steadily go along in life and, you know, they they might do some work around their house or their apartment. You know, they might update their website or pick up the kids from school. And it's just kind of like a steady, you know, flow of attention. ADHD's brains get like really into something is like a deep ocean dive. And you can be into that one thing for like the entire day or the entire week. While other things you cannot be able to focus on at all. So while some people can just kind of move their focus from one thing to the other, our focus gets superhuman focus into something or not at all. And also the topics of focus can be very random. So like I said to you earlier today when we were talking, you know, we were texting and, you know, I can like hyper focus on quantum physics and understand it at like an incredibly deep level and then not be able to to understand the recipe of how to cook a steak, you know, like it literally when it's not wanting to focus, I can have a conversation with someone and I can't understand anything about what they're saying. Like, it's just I think we've learned over time where if we can't understand to like pretend that we understand <laughs> or like that we're hearing so them. That, so when you're hearing someone, because I have a lot of experience with, you know, people that are ADHD, I grew up with the vast majority of my family has ADHD. And for some reason, I continually date men with ADHD, even though it's not the best for me personally. But when someone's talking to you, and let's say you are hyper-focused on quantum physics as an example, and your brain is already there, and someone's trying to talk to you about the news or something, are you not hearing the words or you're hearing it and it's just coming out jumbled no. to where your brain isn't focused on that at all? Right. It's not that your brain is focused on something else. You're just not, your brain is just not focusing on that. So you're just kind of in your own world. I mean, you hear the person talking. You yes. just, could yes. you, could you say back to them what they just yes. said? Yes, you actually can. Okay. It's and I'll do that. A, we use that trick. So if you say right. back to them, they know that you got it, but you don't always got it, but you can kind of pretend it's to not, get it. It's like, it's passive listening versus active listening. That's right. Okay. It's passive listening. And so that's right. And so sometimes if I know it's something really like really important while they're talking, if there's like something I know I need to hear, I'll say like a sentence or a phrase or something they said out loud in my brain, like to try to take it in, like to understand what that was, because that's an important bit. And with some work, I can like usually get that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's interesting. You do do that whenever I, when we talk, and that's the first time I have realized that, that you, you'll repeat it. 
Yeah. And I didn't realize that that was a tactic to make sure that the brain's like, hey, like register. Yeah, yeah. registering. It's interesting. It's like a processing thing. And it's really hit and miss, though, you know, because sometimes we can be having a conversation and we'll like hear the person on like a very deep level, like and be really deeply focused in understanding. Like I'll talk to some people sometimes and they'll like know that like I'll really get what they're saying on a deep level. But we don't have control always over when it's going to focus in and like when it's not kind of in focus mode. And then there's people that like there's varying degrees, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, some people are more hyperactive. And then there's people that are on like a spectrum in terms of like they have a little bit of ADD, but it's not so debilitating to the point where, you know, they have to take medication in order to keep more of an even keel. Yeah. And that brings up a a whole interesting, you know, part of this and that, you know, I didn't know in high school or in college that I had, I didn't get diagnosed till after college. It was like 2005 or something when I got diagnosed. I mean, I was 20, I don't know, I was 23 or something when I, when I got diagnosed and I went on Adderall for it 10 years after that. I think I was like 33 or something, 34 when I went on Adderall. And, you know, there, there's a whole conversation about the the medication. I also want to talk about the Hunter Farmer that Tom Hartman talks about, uh, which I think is really important. But in regards to Adderall or Ritalin or those drugs, one way, and you don't ever want to want to test this, but I know that it's definitely plays in like there's an easy, (laughs) like don't ever do any medications enough unless they're prescribed. But I know that a good way to tell if you have ADD is if you've taken Adderall if you have ADD, it stimulates you and actually makes you feel like like low key. So a lot of people will take Adderall and it, it's like cocaine to like ramp them up. They could study all night long for an exam or they could. When I started taking Adderall, I was like, wow, this is the world. <laughs> like I can hear people again, you know, or I can I can focus on on things. And the reason it does that is because it's stimulating you. So the brain is able to then focus in on like what you want to read. It's bringing the more mundane because we're, we're naturally looking for stimulation. So the stuff that was more mundane, it's bringing them up to a level of like, what would be level of interest, you know, like taking the car to the shop or reading a boring article or, or stuff that we're, that's harder to focus on. It stimulates the brain and, and allows you to then be able to to focus on on that stuff. So it kind of pulls that up. When you were 20, what was going on in your life that you felt like I need to be, you know, go to see someone to see if I have ADD? Or did you think you had it? Well, people in my family have it, I believe, that haven't been diagnosed, but it's definitely in our in our family, as it's in a lot of families. I had friends telling me they think, you know, I should get checked. I had a friend, I have a friend in Chicago who was mentioning it was actually in Chicago when I got diagnosed. I just went to a, I don't know if, I guess I was staying at my friend's apartment in Chicago. And, it, and I was like one day, all right, well, I'm just going to find a, uh, an ADD coach specialist. And I found one and I went down by uh, the lake there. What's that lake in Chicago? Is it Michigan? Yeah, Michigan. <laughs> the main lake. Yeah. In a, a high rise, a tower down by the lake, there was like an ADHD coach that I found and I went and he diagnosed yeah, that's me. What the, what's so interesting about that is that is what someone with ADHD would do, would yeah. be that impulsive to be, oh, I'll just find, I'll, I'm here. Yeah. I don't live here, but I'll just find something right now. And that goes to that hunter farmer mentality. Like I'm very much a farmer, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's, what's interesting is that 
just by you doing that, like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just find someone right now is like an actual kind of a great view of what like an of someone with an ADHD, ADHD behavior would do, you know, like, so that's interesting. Yeah. It's like the now or the not now. It's like the, right. Like, let's do it now. Like the now, like we just right now And my mom's parents were that way. They would drive my dad nuts because they want to do it right now. My dad was like, right. it would like throw us into a, a stir. So I know where this is probably coming from. It's on my mom's side of the family. And Tom Hartman talks about this. It brings us into that. He's, you know, a very well-known psychologist, I believe. Yeah, he's a psychologist. And he he went on YouTube. I'll put the link in the description. And he talked about what he has. He wrote a book called The Edison Gene about the, you know, how it's an entrepreneur's trait. And he talked about, and I wrote about it in my article on Medium, which I'll also put in the description. But he talked about the, his hunter-farmer theory, which is, you know, he believes that this goes back you know, thousands of years. And while we have a label on ADHD as, you know, in psychology, it's actually more of a trait condition. I heard one psychologist once say it's like having a um, Ferrari engine for a brain with bicycle brakes. So it's like, you know, it's souped up, but it's missing the brakes. And so it's a matter of which I thought was a clever way to put it. But ultimately, his hunter and farmer is that the people with ADHD were thousands of years ago have that more hunter ask brain that naturally like if you're a hunter running through the woods you're naturally very more prone to needing stimulation and he he broke it down into three categories and that he said you know there's three different traits there's the distractibility side of ADHD there's the impulsivity and the need for high levels of arousal and with the distractibility it's simple like you know how a hunter would be in that you know thousands of years ago if you're a hunter and you're you're with tribe or in the woods, you're constantly looking out at the horizon, you know, for what's next, you know, what's the next hit of dopamine, you know, what's the next war you got to fight? What's the next fight? What's the next battle? You know, thousands of years ago, humans. So that's the distractibility. If you're a kid in the classroom, you're watching the bug on the wall or you're watching outside the door or you're watching, you're like the hunter back in the day, you're looking for that next you know, danger, you know, what's coming next. So that's like the distractibility. Then there's impulsivity, which is if you're running through the woods as a hunter and you're chasing a, a rabbit and a bobcat or a lion, you got to be able to shift gears really quick and be able to, you know, kill the lion while you're chasing the rabbit. So there's an impulsive hunter's, you know, instinct there. And that's built into ADHD. We're really impulsive. Let's do it right now. It's all in the, in the right now. So distractibility, impulsivity, and the need for high-level arousal, which I think is the big one, the need for high levels of arousal. Like, it's why you see people in these jobs like entrepreneurs or people who love social media or, you know, cops or, you know, anything in any type of entertainment or, uh, you know, skydiving, pilots, anything where there's change and constant activity and movement. That's where you're going to see the the news people, reporters, journalists. That is like that is a big, big one for ADHD. That's where you're going to see them. So it's like those three traits. ADHD people tend to be more the hunters. The farmers are more of the people who he describes it as who used to be able to stay back at the porch and watch the wheat grow or pick bugs off plants. So there was a different activity literally wired into the brain and each type served you know, obviously a very important purpose, 
And so people say, well, how do you fix that? Well, we live in that society today. And that, you know, you've got people who are journalists or, you know, any job, EMTs, you know, cops, anything like that is high levels of arousal, entertainment, actors, actresses. And then you've got people who are accountants and doing the desk job or doing, you know, what, what would be other ones like that? Accountants, uh, um, lawyer, anything that, that involves like sitting down and methodical work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, and it's obviously not cut and dry. There's obviously a lot of overlap, but what it ultimately comes down to is that, and I think that it can be so extreme for ADHD people though, that it makes the more mundane stuff really hard yeah. to to handle. And that's really why you go to therapy or you go to an ADHD coach or you have medication because let's say hypothetically, you know, guess what I'm doing when I'm on Twitter or I'm on Facebook and my audience have seen it this past year. Like I'm doing news. I'm like a heat seeking missile for what's next. Like for what's that's just me running through the woods. You know, like, and I see other people, I can always tell the other people that have this. And I literally pointed out and they're like, right, yeah, you do. The other guy who I post a lot, who I know has it is Yashar, who everybody knows all around, has ADHD. He talks about it. We're running through the woods looking for the next, it's just part of it. Like, it's literally part of that. It's that warrior instinct. And, And I think that the problem is you get so into that because your brain's wired that way that you can't step back and do stuff that needs to get done, like keeping my apartment up or my car or getting our YouTube and our channel done, you know, our videos and and just anything like that can be really hard to like slow it down. It's like farmers in the woods. Well, you need to come back and hang out on the porch and chat and, you know, right. take care of that. It's the same shift. It's just in modern society. What used to be that way has now changed. So if you can have a coach and learn to balance the two, you can be really, really successful. But it can be a challenge. And a lot of people have it and they don't know that they have it. You know, there's obviously people, too, that get misdiagnosed because they might be just a bit distracted, you know, but there's a lot more to it than that. Like it can be so much. And that's where it becomes like diagnosable because this is all a gray area, obviously, but it becomes diagnosable when it gets to the point where it's affecting you in other activities. And it affects me so much that stimulation need that your attention filters get wonky in other areas. So you can't focus on other things because it's you're so being a hunter, you're so looking for the high stimulation for the next that you have to like bring that down to measure. So it's all a matter of managing and awareness. And I think that's the big thing, managing awareness and knowing that there's not something wrong with you because you can't you can't focus. I mean, that's the big thing I would emphasize to anybody who's been diagnosed or has it like you're not broken. It's just you're human. Everybody's having it or not having it. Nothing's wrong with anybody on either side. Like everybody just has their things and in all realms, really any disorder, like you're not broken. (laughs) You know, like that's the big thing I would say to people. The struggle I have with it, you know, growing up with a mother who, not to out my mom right now, but, you know, she is ADHD and on top of depression and anxiety. So it was just like a big ball of like crazy, you know, and like paying bills was a problem. So like our electric would go off because she would just forget to pay the bills. And it's not that we didn't have the money to pay for it. She just you know, or her credit was terrible for years and years and years because she would just forget to pay 
her credit card bills. Do you know what I mean? And that that's a massive struggle. I know that people with ADHD have is just doing simple things like paying bills and you have to set up auto pay at that point because you just can't sit down and focus on it. My mom will tell me, you know, she's on medication, but I forgot what she's on. She's not on Adderall. I don't think it worked very well for her, but like when her medication is off and they have to switch the dosage, she'll know because she can't sit there and read a book. Like she can't read one page without, you know, wanting to go and do something else because she can't focus on it. The part that I have a problem with is I have all the empathy in the world for, and I can, because I see it, I can see what they're going through and how challenging it is. My problem is the people that I've dealt with, excluding yourself, but the people that I've dealt with both in relationships and family judge people that don't have it. So for example, when growing up, my mother, and she still does this, will be like, oh, you're so chill. You just are able to just, you know, you don't have a lot of uh, drive and a lot of like, you know, get up. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm just not impulsive. And I'm not opening 10 businesses, you know, in a week. My mom would constantly be opening businesses and constantly creating the, and it's like, I'm not like that. And then in my previous relationship, same thing where it was like, what are you getting done? Why aren't you getting this done fast enough? And why aren't you doing this fast enough? And I'm like, because I'm doing it in a methodical way where I'm going step by step. But for that person, they couldn't understand that, that there's there's not anything wrong with them and there's not anything wrong with me. It's just that's the hunter or the farmer, you know? And the way I build my business may not be the way someone with ADHD would build it. And then right. they would fault me for it. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually the person that's doing, you know, and it's it's not the way they would want it done. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm not impulsive. I think like thoroughly, thoroughly through things and do it to an umpteen tiny level of every little thing that I do, which makes entrepreneurship for me very difficult, you know, because I want to get it right every little thing, you know, and it's like impossible to get things done because I want it perfect, you know, and work through every step and research and research and do more research and read and find out the best thing. Like people with ADHD do not have time for that. They'll just bang it out, you yeah. know, and it, and it's usually great. But artists, my mother's an artist. My, my ex was an artist. I've noticed vast majority of artists are, have ADHD. And so when they're around people that are like just the opposite, their head explodes. They're like not getting enough stimulation from you. And you're like, that's not my job. My job is not to like, yeah, create something like that's for you. <laughs> you know, like I'm me, I'm not here to be your stimuli, you know, and, and because you're bored, that's not really my problem. That's the struggle I have is that the people that, that I've dealt with in my life that have ADHD find the people like myself who do not have it to be very chill, almost too chill for them. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you, you know, And it's a struggle, to be honest, for me, like growing up was really hard because, you know, my family was very impulsive, like just go, go, go. And I was seen as like sitting back and working through things in my head and taking my time. And same with my ex, where it was like, oh, why, why aren't you making money in your business after a year? And it's like, okay, (laughs) because I'm still building it and I'm not impulsive and I'm, you know what I mean? It's, that's the only struggle I have is that, you know, I will be absolutely empathetic to anyone that has 
conditions and I, I deal with depression and I can, you know, can empathize with people that have to take medication, but on the same token, on the same side, you have to be understanding that it's okay to be farmers. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with people wanting to watch the wheat grow. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the the battle with a lot of them, with a lot of people who have it and, and a lot of people have it and don't know they have it. I grew up, growing up, my dad would always say to, you know, my mom's side of the family, don't get impulsive, you know, don't get you know, it would like it would drive him out of his mind, you know, kind of yeah. like kind of like how you felt because he would be like, oh, you know, they call and I got to go right now. You know, he, he'd yeah. like, I have to go do this right now. And they would like drive him. It's like a roller coaster. It's like, oh, crazy. I'm like, yeah. calm down, meditate, breathe. Yes, yes. And so it's meditation and medication. Right. (laughs) Both are very helpful. And yeah, I totally know what you're saying. And it's a matter of of being able to balance that. And what's happening is what something like Adderall does is if a hunter naturally is looking towards the horizon or, you know, looking for the next fight or they're in that state of that of needing that. What the medication does is it kind of stimulates that, you know, where it settles. It's like hunter. Things are okay. We don't right. need to be running through the woods now. Like we can watch a movie, but you can't tell your brain that because your brain's going to be your brain. So the right. medication tells your brain that, and the brain's like, "Oh, okay. There's no bears. There's no lions, tigers, and bears. Like right. I can watch a movie." And that's what Adderall does. And what's happening is you're not getting as much dopamine as a, the farmer side necessarily would. So when the medication gives you that, it brings you up to the level of of the dopamine where you can then focus because you're seeking attention. You don't have as much of that dopamine and and the Adderall or other medications brings that out. And you're then able to focus on the stuff that you weren't. And it's like, oh, like the world is is here now. And and that's a real way to know, honestly. And Tom Hartman's done. I mean, Google Tom Hartman. He's done presentations and such on this. You know, if you don't have ADHD, it's just the dopamine, your, your dopamine levels here. It's just going to throw it up into cocaine level of amped up, work all night, go crazy. But if your dopamine is naturally low, which tends to be with ADHD people, it's going to bring it up to where it is with farmers, where they're then able to focus on the other stuff. And that's why it can be tremendously helpful to people who really have it. The problem is it's so misdiagnosed and so that people are getting Adderall and other drugs when they don't need them. And that's a big problem. I've never felt like amped up on Adderall, like, you know, people who take it studying or something. College. Like I take it and I feel like I've just meditated for, I feel like Zen, you know, like I can finally. I remember you telling me that you took it before you would go to sleep, but I'm like, yeah, how is that possible? There have been nights where I took the Adderall, where I took one of them really late and drank like a large coffee and just went to bed because I was like, oh, I just feel great. And I just went in and just passed out. When it comes to, I mean, I know a lot of people that that are like, oh, I so have ADD. I know I do, but they don't do anything about it. They don't go on medication because they don't want, and this goes from an artist's perspective. A lot of artists do not want to take medication because they're afraid it will numb their creative side and that it'll bring down the impulsive, creative, right brain type of thing where they 
then aren't who they are. So a lot of people, especially people that are artists, don't like taking medication because they feel that they're doped up, you know, and, and too calm to then create, which I guess, you know, every drug has side effects to them. Like for you, do you feel that the positives outweigh the side effects when it comes to, you know, that the Adderall that you take? I feel like it's the best way to put this. Do the positives outweigh? Yes. I don't think that it affects, it hasn't affected, it actually improved my creative ability because I was able to to focus on that too. Interesting. Um, and just improve every, it made me more creative too. That was more, keep in mind, it, it's case by case too. It can affect people differently. So you have to be aware of that and you have to talk to your doctor and therapist and, and like work on all that. But for me, you know, I mean, I've been on it for six years. I mean, I've taken Adderall every day of my life for the last six years. And, you know, there haven't been any, it's certainly improved. Now you do have times where, you know, you do get used to it. What's the word where you get like, uh, you need to change the dose or whatever. Like that right. does happen because my body adapts to it. And it you, you notice it's not, you're slipping a little bit and he'll change the, either the load or he'll change the, he'll give you a higher dose or he'll, you can even change the medication. You can move from short time release to long time release. There's little like switches they can do and move things around every so often to kind of keep the body and brain so it doesn't get too used to it. That's case dependent. But it can do that. It can do what you said to people, I imagine. It doesn't to me. But if you're struggling with other things and your life is a struggle and you feel like you may have it, like go talk to a doctor and a therapist and find out, you know, because while a lot of people are anti big pharma and anti meds, and that's fine. Like I get that because a lot of people meds have damaged their lives and screwed them up. And I totally understand that. But there's also people who've taken medication and it's changed their life in dramatic ways. So I'm not encouraging you to do drugs, but I am encouraging you to talk to your doctor and a therapist and find out if you have something you don't know about because it also can work. You know, these drugs can do positive things. And Tom Hartman says that too, if it's properly diagnosed. And, you know, what else were you asking? You know, as far as, you, you know, what's happening like with your mom and stuff, that's just, you know, definitely like the medication helps with that. And, yeah. you know, there's certain things you can do. There's like exercises and such you can do to with the brain to kind of help with that. I know I mean, that it's like it comes down to if you want to do it, you know, and I, I work with a lot of men, you know, just being men's wellness advocate, obviously, that men in general don't see the doctor very often, if ever, mm -hmm. um, let alone a psychiatrist or a psychologist. You know, they don't they don't see their primary care enough to get checkups, let alone psychology, you know, or psychiatrists. So I think it's really valuable for people to know that like you yourself as a male, you know, as an adult man, that you felt the need that, hey, I may need to check this out, you know, mm -hmm. and that it's okay, you know, to be on medication. It's not the end of the world. You know, I think, and I had the same thing where, you know, I knew I was depressed and for years and years and years, and I didn't feel like going to see a therapist. I didn't feel like going to a psychiatrist and doing the whole rigmarole that you have to do, you know, and I just was like, I'll just deal with it. And, but then it got to a point where I couldn't deal with it anymore. I was losing my mind, you know, and after nervous breakdowns, you get to a point where you, you now don't have a choice. You have to go on meds, you know, like your life is spiraling. And I would encourage people out there not to wait for the spiral you know that there's a reason why there's doctors and medication 
as much as, you know, yes, in the past, doctors would immediately put you on, you know, there's an era of growing, like during the nineties, ADHD, like Ritalin had come out and then everybody was getting diagnosed with it. You know, and it, to your point, they were being over and misdiagnosed with it and everybody was on Ritalin, you know, yeah. and I think those days are done. And I would encourage people, especially men to find a good doctor that you trust. And it's okay to go and say, Hey, you know, I want to get tested. You know, I want to see if maybe, maybe meds would help and it's okay if they don't, you know, but I worry that not enough people are pursuing therapy or medication that could absolutely turn their life around. I mean, to your point, I'm sure you could say Adderall has completely changed your yeah. life. I know the meds, I know Zoloft has completely changed my life, you know, and that's the whole thing. You never know how bad it is until you start taking meds or you start going to therapy and you're like, oh my God, I was a gigantic mess <laughs> without it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would encourage those people out there to um, not shy away from the resources that are readily available to you. I think that's spot on. And I think that's, that's good advice. And, and I echo that. I, I think that it affects families, you know, it, it runs in families, you know, it's often in people who I would say that there's definitely occupations that attract people that, that have lower amounts of, of dopamine that need okay. more stimulation. I really think that stuff like, you know, news, like journalism, like that's a very common one because there's so much spike, like the breaking that you're like a hunter seeking the the lion, you know, the next fight. I would say, yeah, cops, definitely artists. It's very common in anything like Tom Hartman says, where there's adrenaline, EMTs, driving an ambulance, skydiving, fighters, UFC fighters and stuff like all of that is highly involved in that. And, and I do agree, you know, I think what you said about, yeah, find out, you know, if you're concerned, like the resources are there, if you need like get the help that you need. I echo those thoughts. And I'm curious how over time just things develop and know that there's nothing wrong. You're not broken whether you have it or you don't. And it is easy for people to stigmatize and label people who don't have it, like you were saying as well. And I think awareness helps with that and communication. And that helps people. And oftentimes, it helps to have someone you're working with, too, if one person is more that way and one's not like if you're one way and I'm not like how you and I are, you can hold the other person accountable in the right ways where there's an awareness and, and you know kind of how both brains work. So I think that can help, too. But do do that. And I'll put the uh, my article, I'll put Tom Hartman's interview in the description. We're getting our descriptions out there steadily, folks. But I'll put my article, Tom Hartman's video, and anything else that I have in there as well. I think with, with the medication, it's going to be interesting how things develop. I mean, I know that they're using more and more kind of different medications. I now have heard that, and this is kind of a different topic, but we've talked on like mushrooms before. Like mushrooms are, are eventually going to be legalized for some for mental health. And I've read, I don't know if you know this more, just going off on a small tangent here. I've read that mushrooms are more used for depression, I've heard. It's a big one for depression. And I wonder why why that is. Yeah, I think it's the chemical, the psilocybin. Um, psilocybin. Yeah, I know you love that word. <laughs> psilocybin. I've learned to say it now, psilocybin. <laughs> I know, um, there's too many in it. <laughs> you know, like, I know. Yes. So that's another thing I've always found interesting. 
studies show that a lot of people with ADHD self-medicate, whether a lot of meth addicts, a lot of our ADHD, a lot need, instead of going to see a doctor about it, they'll just self, you know, medicate with drugs. Yeah. Uh, but to your point there, yeah, psilocybin <laughs> is generally for depression and same with MDMA is, you know, there's a lot of doctors who are using that for severe depression, whereas that was always the recreational drug, you know, but now psychiatrists are prescribing and seeing, you know, microdosing. So you're not like walking around high, you just have a balance, you know, it finds the balance between the serotonin receptors, you know, in your brain. So it's all very interesting. I think, I think we're going to see more and more of a look into natural medication because yeah. so many people shy away from big pharma that I think there's a reason why psilocybin's coming out and just testing using weed like, yep. for yeah. different things. Somebody just asked in the chat, would mushrooms be the cure to all these Mandela effects that I do? <laughs> you might need some mushrooms to cure, to cure the Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might it help. Might that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I think I think it might be. We also had some other questions uh, in here. Some other people have yeah. been. Anne says, Anne checked out, but she's going to watch later. She says, I agree with what you're saying. My perspective has been that <laughs> what they are calling a disorder is actually just a different way of thinking and largely responsible for innovation. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it contributes, you know, all brains contribute to innovation. They just they just contribute differently, you know, whether you have it or have it or don't have it, you know, doesn't mean you do or don't. I think that it's just how people are wired, um, but it definitely can in its own way contribute to innovation in certain ways, you know, so all brains contribute in different ways is what I would say. Can ADHD meds fix working memory issues and indecisiveness? Ah, that's a doctor question. That's not something... I don't think, uh, yeah, it's not indecisiveness is more, that's not so much a chemical imbalance as it is, and neither is memory issues. So no to that, I'm not a doctor, but I know that that's ADHD is not really for that. Those types of things, memory issues and indecisiveness can be from a whole slew of things. So that would be something that you'd want to explore a little bit more in terms of other symptoms you may be having that could connect it to various things. I know that Ginkgo, ginkgo is really good for memory loss. Always look at the natural herbs, you know, because they grow out of the ground, <laughs> you know? So um, who doesn't like the nat, you know, nature's, you know, best kind of stuff. So, but I would explore if I were you just uh, a little bit more of the symptoms that you're having and then possibly, you know, talk to your doctor about it. My son was labeled a problem child because he couldn't sit still. He only took it for one year, but concerted at a low dose, I believe, one or 18 milligrams really helped him. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's what my mom takes. She takes Concerta, but she definitely doesn't take 18 milligrams. I think she takes like 300. <laughs> like, wow. Like, seriously, she takes a lot. Now, what's, but I mean, what's Concerta? What is that? Concerta is exactly, it's like a Ritalin. You know, it's like saying, it's like I take Zoloft for antidepressant. That may be terrible for someone else. You know what I mean? My mother couldn't take Adderall, so she I, she takes Concerta, but she takes like a lot. I know that, but she also, you know, you need it and that's okay. You know, but to Anne's point, actually, my brother was labeled a problem child. He's nine years older than me, but growing up, you know, he grew up in the seventies, eighties, and there was no such thing as ADHD meds, you know, and, or really diagnosing people with ADHD. And he was labeled a problem child. 
in terms of just like bad at school, couldn't pay attention. Teachers were always, you know, like what the hell he, he was, he was struggling and he has, you know, pretty severe ADHD, but you look back on how kids were right, you know, back then, you know, and how schools weren't really prepared for things like ADHD or how to deal with that, you know, uh, and you would just be immediately labeled a problem child, you know, and thankfully the medical field and the psychology field, there's not so much of a stigma around this stuff and you can actually help these kids. And it's interesting what you're saying about your brother too. And I forgot to mention, it's often executive function stuff that's the struggle. And I want to say, I think it's just because that's more mundane. Like when I'm on Twitter and I'm looking for news and I'm like, that stuff is because it's, and it's also interest level. So things can be dependent person by person because the ADHD reacts to interest is a big thing. You know, time frame, how cut short on time you are. I'll like wait all day to do something important. And then the last 20 minutes before I need to leave because there's a time crunch, that causes the brain to wake up. There's exercises you learn, like time is a factor and interest level I know is a factor. An ADHD coach told me once that like you use to manage it. It's like interest, it's being in a crunch, setting timers for yourself where there's something mandatory to go do. But I know that that those things are, are big parts of it. And it's managing that Oftentimes with ADHD, it's managing that executive function level stuff. So I think that's right on with what you're saying about your brother. Hi, I stumbled in this conversation. Thanks for this. The Mandela Effect videos, you're welcome. And I need to do another Mandela Effect. It's been since September. I put two of them out. I know there's been more Mandela Effects, so we will do more of those soon. If I can get my ADHD (laughs) under control. I, I do want to do them. I'm, my interest level of w- wanting to do those again is is going up. So I hope in the next couple of weeks, YouTube audience, that I can do some of those for you. If you haven't seen them, they're on my Jeffrey Pilkington channel. People out there, you can see them. Uh, okay, so what else? Uh, his dad took him off it without telling me because he has heart issues. And I agree that's a problem. But he was immediately shifted into learning disabled at high school. So I guess that's the same person. Oh, because of heart issues. Yeah, it's it's tough to balance it for sure with when, when there's other conditions and stuff. So but that's stuff to talk to your doctor about for sure. When I took it, I found focus better, but I found people more irritating. Not good when you're a secretary. Well, the reason that could be is it's person by person. And remember, it's putting the dopamine levels up, which is say I'm naturally more interested in social media and the news and I'm taking Adderall. Well, It is bringing up the levels of doing mundane, but it's also making me more interested in the stuff I'm already interested in. So it's really amping up, which can become a problem, you know, because you can get so stigmatized by something you're into that then you can't shift into the other thing, which is something I've been going through right now. Like if I'm really interested in the news, shifting out of that and going and working on, you know, uploading YouTube videos is a challenge. So in the secretary case, you know, if they bothered you, if people bothered you a little bit before, it could easily amplify that. So you have to remember that it is amplifying a lot of things, but it's something to talk to your doctor about. But I I do, there's theories behind why that could be happening, is what I would say. It leaves the quick system quickly, so you use it as needed. Yeah, the short term do, there's also a long, long release one you can get. Shrooms will help with the Mandela effects. Yeah, yeah the Mandela effects, I've probably got about... 40 Mandela Effect videos up there. 
So if you want to watch them, I, I don't know how much shrooms would help, but people can try it out if they <laughs> get them on your own. I mean, I, I do think that they'll be eventually, you know, used for mental health, mushrooms and such, and psilocybin. Be interesting to see where that goes. But I think that pretty much winds up everything about it. What what else, Kira? I think we did a, f- a good fair amount on ADHD. I would say be very patient with one another, especially those who have it and those who don't. And sorry, if you hear my kitten, she gets very, <laughs> she likes to be in the spotlight every Thursday um, for where, some reason. So it's constantly. Where is she? Is she hanging out there? Or, or yeah, what? she's. Here, I'll show you. Here she is. What's her name again, Kira? This is Storm. Storm. Yep. She's very fussy right now. So <laughs> can you see? Yeah, if, yeah just... we, we can see. Yeah, I can see. So Storm is Kira's cat. And if you're watching on video, we do, we're introducing Storm. And then you have. Uh, yes, I have another one. I've got her and I've got Ivy. They're blood sisters. And then I have two dogs, Coco and Hunter. <laughs> so it's a zoo in here. <laughs> wow. She's always the one that really is like a, she's like a snake that's constantly like crawling all over me. Only when I'm with you, Jeff. I think she's jealous. Well, I mean, that may be, and she she also may have ADT. <laughs> she may have ADT. She's, I wonder if they have that for dogs and cats. She's she's wanting the stimulation, the showtime. She's, yeah, that's your They ADD. actually give, you know, for dogs that have separation anxiety, they give dogs Prozac. Really? So it's kind of interesting how, you know, they'll give something that will work for humans will actually work for separation anxiety and like animals, you know, yeah. But yes, I would say, you know, back to this topic, um, don't be afraid of the doctors. They're there for you, you know, and the worst, you know, the worst case scenario is they, they tell you that, you know, maybe this will help. You don't have to take meds if you don't want to, but it's an option there and, and know that, it does more good than not, <laughs> you know, like meds are, meds are needed. I tried to go off antidepressants and that was a disaster years ago. You know, I'm sure if Jeff tried to go off his, it wouldn't be the most pleasant either. Even, you know, not going cold Turkey. I mean, just like trying to get off, you know, there's it's chemical imbalances, not a big deal. You take a pill, you know, and actually your, your life. I mean, for me personally, and I can only speak from a depression standpoint, but I mean, it's like a complete 180. I have to take it. You know, and I don't take that much, but it's like, it's total game changer. So don't be scared of taking a med or don't think that it's like a bad, you know, makes you look any like inferior or, you know, crazy. Cause it's definitely not that at all. So. And talk to your doctor. If you're concerned, go see your doctor. That's the biggest thing. And um, I did, and it's definitely helped me and Kira and everyone else. So great discussion today. I'll let you go hang with, with Storm. <laughs> After I I close and end video, she'll just be like, "Oh, I don't care anymore," and she does it on purpose just to just to be, you know, in the limelight. I swear to God, it happens every week. Incredible, so. incredible. She's one in the limelight. That's great. All right, here at Jeff and Kira Live, we're the future. The future is Jeff and Kira Live. Thank you, everyone. Episode fifty three. We're going to be back next week. We're working on getting this expanded just with descriptions and going through the podcast stuff that people go through, setting everything up. It is available on Apple, Google, across all those platforms, Spotify, 
We've just updated, so all our episodes are up there up to through 52. 53 will be up in a couple days, which is this one. You can listen on all those platforms now, so we've got that updated. And next week, we'll have more for you. Episode 53. Kira, see you next week. I'll see you next week. All right. (laughs) Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Launch Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Go ahead, smash that share button, and leave a comment below. Also, please be sure to subscribe to Launch Radio on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Until next episode, thanks again.